blame oh, him for that. I was you the one blaming him with that. that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go. Oh, your team sucked, Barker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking. Blasphemous. And I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. What's going on, everyone? Uh, welcome to the Daft Fix Podcast. What episode are we on, Parker? Uh, episode four. Episode four, thank you. And uh, what episode say, four of season five, I should say. Episode twenty-six overall. Yeah, I'm uh, off for my one-week absence. Thanks to Ben and uh, Ariel for filling in. Mm-hmm. And, um, before we get started today, we have our producer Parker. Hello. And as I just said, Ben is here as well. Hey, how are you? All right. And um, just a quick note. Uh, obviously, last time we recorded, it's a pretty big news that Kobe Bryant actually passed away. Just wanted to give knowledge to that or notice again to that that happened. Now all the details are out. Just a quick in memoriam. It's obviously very sad, um, but his legacy will live on. Yeah, um, that was. It really just didn't feel like it happened. Yeah. Uh, when we were we were recording, and I mean we all we just. I know Parker was like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna cut it here." Like we just there was nothing else we really thought. And really could do at that point. Yeah, it sort of felt wrong to move the conversation to something else after that. Like, it just felt wrong to me. Yeah, I mean, we're not a huge basketball show here, but, like, Kobe is more than that. So, and he kind of touched all aspects of sports. Uh, it, you're right. It was, it was a good idea to cut the show there. But yeah, He was one of those uh, transcendent stars, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, we are back this week, and we're ready to get underway again. Um, we'll start with the big game, Super Bowl. Do you guys enjoy it? Well, for the most part, I liked it. I don't know if you guys are on the team with me here, but I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed the halftime show. I was going to say the halftime show was The fantastic. halftime show was fantastic this year. Um, Shakira, if there's any chance you are listening, I will learn Spanish for you. <laughs> Shakira was very elite. J-Lo is 50, and I don't think I can do that. I mean, that was pretty crazy. Look, I, hope, I hope I could do that when I'm 50. Again, I think Shakira stole the show. I was, I'm Team Shakira all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Shakira's performance specifically. Do we can we talk about quickly the guy who is suing the NFL because uh, the halftime show corrupted his Christian soul? Wait, isn't that for like three hundred trillion or something? <laughs> yeah, and that's like more money than what's in the world economy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah. you know it was it was that good of a halftime show. Yeah. So it. Yeah, it's not good unless you ruffle some feathers. About time. I, I mean, who was the last performance? It was like Maroon 5, Five and yeah, Big Boy and like Travis Scott, which was pretty terrible. Coldplay was before that. I'm still waiting for Metallica to get the call for a halftime show. I I just don't. I don't. I know you're you're a big Metallica fan. I don't see that happening. I like, mean, if there's any chance for a metal band to get on that stage, it would be Metallica. I feel like maybe ACDC. Yeah, but their time's long past. So I is mean, Metallica. That's, yeah, that's true. Not all agree <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say that. Guys, as the, upsetting the, as it is to really the, admit. The, the guys Parker. in Metallica are in their 50s. The guys in ACDC are like in their late 60s. I mean, at least uh, like. Didn't the Rolling Stones play like when they were in their 80s? The, the Rolling Stones just. McTaggart sold his soul, though. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least it's not like the NHL with Green Day. You know what? I'm oh. a big Green Day fan. They're good. I don't know if they're relevant still. <laughs> they just put out a new album last week. Uh, Wait, didn't they play it like the NHL like the All-Star, All-Star game? Yeah. Uh, Say what you will about Green Day. They have some good music. Yeah. 
Yeah, they have a couple. Green Day is the Nickelback there. of punk. That's not true at all. <laughs> Which, by the way, I I will come on the record and say that it people hate on Nickelback. That's my bad. So. Because it's trendy to hate on Nickelback. Yeah. You know, there Nickelback has some songs that I'm like, all right. Nickelback, I can get down with this. I, that's my like probably my favorite band. I love Nickelback, but I gotta acknowledge they're sort of a pop culture icon for the wrong reasons. They're so. a pop. It's just trendy to hate on them. It they're is. not that bad. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they're really not that bad. The last time they released had this one, actually, very good song off it, and obviously I can't remember the name, but it, uh, it, it was good. I swear, it was good. I mean, that was their Feed the Machine tour. That was a pretty good album altogether. Anyways, back to the game. Um... It was better than last year, I think. Definitely much more <laughs> exciting. Um, I thought the 49ers, they played their game. And that was that's what's scary, right? The 49ers did exactly what they wanted to do. They kept the ball away from the Chiefs, played the, kept their defense off the field when they could. They were well-rested and had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. And still lost. And still lost. That's how good this Kansas City Chiefs team is. That's how good Patrick Mahomes is. It, you know, it is scary just how. And there was not one time in that game where I thought, "Huh, the Chiefs are in trouble." Yeah. But when I thought that the Chiefs were about to go up by two scores, so the 49ers kicked the field goal. Chiefs score a touchdown. That's when Mahomes ran it in. And then Garoppolo throws the interception. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, Niners are in trouble. Because this is about to be a 14-3 to game. The Chiefs ended up kicking a field goal and the Niners scored a touchdown. All of a sudden, we're tied. But that, like the 49ers knew that they could not play from behind in this game. They had to run the ball. And I don't think it's because they didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. And I actually do trust Jimmy Garoppolo. My issue with, or I think their issue was they didn't want to be playing from behind. They didn't want to have to try to keep up with the Chiefs, and they knew the best chance to beat the Chiefs was to, I mean, they had to try to keep the ball away from Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Don't let your defense get gassed. You know, they say defense wins championships, but it doesn't matter what defense is out there against Patrick Mahomes in that offense. I think the main downfall for the Chiefs is I think Shanahan got a little, I think he played afraid, because I look at the way Garoppolo was running the game, even from the onset, he was really only doing like short passes, which those are good passes to make and they get you downs. But when you're playing a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who you know is going to be able to hit the long bomb, who you know is going to be able to hit the, like, the low percentage chances, you've got to take risks. I don't think they took enough calculated risks on uh, San Francisco. Well, look, the, it, you hate to bring it up because, you know, but you have to against the Patriots. He blew a, They blew a big lead. He was the offensive coordinator. He was calling the shots on offense. He tried to be conservative. He said, hey, don't turn the ball over. We'll be fine. It's obviously a little different when you only have yeah. a 10-point lead. But still, like teams don't blow those leads in the Super Bowl. And they did. Again. And he thought he had way too much faith in his running game. I think um, that was a huge mistake at the end of the first half, not going for points. Um, I, huge, huge mistake. And... Um, that first drive, the Chiefs' defense was reeling. Go for it on fourth down. It's fourth and short. Yeah, Field goals are not going to beat Patrick Mahomes. And twice they kicked field goals when I think their offense was really going, and they bailed the Chiefs' defense out. 
Yeah, I think, like you said, it was just sort of like being overly conservative. I, I don't think... If you're getting into a Super Bowl versus, like you said, the Patriots back a couple of years, mm-hmm. or the Chiefs, th- they are what they are, and that's offense. Like, they have a great defense, probably one of the best in the NFL. But you know that offense is what's going to win them the game. And if you're going to sit there and not attack them, if you don't take the ball to them, they're going to stuff it down your throat. And that's what they did. Patrick yeah. Mahomes got a little bit of breathing room, and he took it all. And that's what happened. Yeah, and you can't – I understand you're relying on your defense – um, you've leaned on them all year, and you said, hey, that front, I'll tell you what, that front four did a great job. They got to Mahomes most of that game. Mm-hmm. And I thought Mahomes looked a little rattled at times. But once Mahomes kind of got into a rhythm, he's that guy, and that is what Patrick Mahomes can do. That's really the, that's where he struggled, and that was the issue. That's like, that front four really caused a problem, but that defense gets a little tired. Um, they're out there for a while now. Your offense is not scoring the points. They needed to score more. And, I mean, you could take that garbage time touchdown away from the Chiefs. Yeah. Right? This is really a four-point game. And the difference in points was the points that the 49ers left on the board kicking field goals instead of going for touchdowns. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're, you're you're spot on. And like you said, you can take away that extra touchdown because it really wasn't. It, it was but. a garbage time touchdown. It really didn't mean anything. Yeah, but yeah, you're, you're pretty spot on. Um, Mark, do you have any thoughts on this? You kind of quiet. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with what both you were saying. Um, I felt the Niners were what they weren't playing to win. They were playing not to lose, and I hate it when teams do that because you can't do that against a team with a player like Patrick Mahomes because all he needs is like one good drive. And then all of a sudden, his team's on top, and then he's in rhythm, and then he starts going. And you got to remember, in that game, Pat Mahomes did not look good for a vast majority of the game. It wasn't until, like, eight minutes were left in the fourth quarter he really turned on the Jets, and eight minutes out of a 60-minute game was all he needed to win it. I mean, that's terrifying. And I think you put it well. That's the good way to put it is uh, you're not playing to win, you're playing not to lose. And that's what kills teams. And, and, I mean, again, like going back again to the, when, when he was at the Falcons, that's exactly what happened to Tom Brady. You could argue Tom Brady was pretty bad most of that game and gave him... Yeah, he, he had the best fourth quarter in Super Bowl history. Yeah, gave him literally like less than 15 minutes because he didn't even need the full 15, and he did it. And, and that's I think that's going to be Kyle Shanahan's biggest problem is overcoming that, uh, like that reputation now of being a he, choker. He almost outcoached himself. That's a good way to put it, too, yeah. Um, he overthought it. And, you know, this is it, this is a problem in all sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at hockey, even. They say a three-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey because you get content. You start to get complacent. No team knows that better than the Leafs this year. So, yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> not wrong. And, again, like you said, it's basically overcoaching. Like, it, it's like you're thinking, instead of thinking two steps ahead, you're thinking three or four, and then you end up hurting yourself on step one. Yeah, by... It's, you got to get there first before you can finish it out, right? Right. So it's like, oh, like when you, you try like saving your timeouts for this weird scenario. Well, you got to get there first. You got to get to that scenario first. Right. And that's like, so when um, a team calls a timeout, oh, well, what if you need that later? Well, I got to get to later first. Yeah. If we're not in this game later, then that timeout doesn't mean anything anyway. Very fair. 
Um, but overall, it was a good game. At least gave us something to talk about. I don't think we really got a chance to talk about the Patriots and the Rams last year because it was just it was not that exciting. was boring. That yeah. was boring, and that was just Bill Belichick saying, "I am going to shut you down." Yeah, and I, I can't even say it was a defensive slugfest. It was really just the Patriots playing good defense and the Rams being inept. Mm-hmm. So this year, we at least had something more exciting. Yeah, this was a nice example of bucking the trend that we've seen in recent Super Bowls of uh, the defense shutting down a top. NFL offense because we saw that when the Broncos did that against the Panthers we saw that when the Seahawks did that against the Broncos and Peyton Manning had that incredible year and then this year that didn't happen that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up because the whole so this is really what I was thinking um Seahawks Broncos um that's that Super Bowl was what I was comparing this to um if the 49ers were going to have a chance to win I really didn't think they did um, I thought I liked the Chiefs' offense too much, but that's also what everyone thought about the Broncos. The difference is Patrick Mahomes is a different type of quarterback than Peyton Manning. You shut down the pass game for Peyton Manning, you will win the game. You get after Peyton Manning, it's a lot easier to tackle Peyton Manning than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, <laughs> he's yeah, a Patrick nightmare. Mahomes can move, yeah. and that like that was arguably Peyton Manning's best season. Mm-hmm. That year too, so it's not like he was like starting to be out of his prime. He just for that game, it's e- it was easier to take away Peyton Manning. There's no telling if that Seattle defense could have done the same thing to Patrick Mahomes. There, there's a good chance they could have. Um, that secondary is that Seattle had the lead. That was the Legion of Boom. They were better than what the 49ers threw out there. <laughs> that defense was vicious, but. The 49ers front seven is just as good as any in maybe the history of the NFL. That's fair. That's a fair comparison, yeah. Yeah, Forrest Buckner, uh, Eric Armstead, uh, Nick Bosa, even uh, Solomon Thomas once he starts yeah, and figuring then out D how to Ford. play. And D. Ford, forgot about him. I mean, they still have Sherman in the backfield too, don't forget. Yeah, Sherman in the secondary. I mean, the secondary was iffy. It was he, he didn't have a, yeah they didn't have a great game and he didn't have a great game but and you know Sherman had a pretty good season he had a very nice mm-hmm. bounce back year this year but um he's still the problem was he's just not fast enough anymore to keep up with these guys and Sherman will probably end up moving to safety like Charles Woodson did because he can't keep up with the likes of Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill. Or Nicole Hardman. That's they knew that their best chance to beat this uh, 49er defense was to just go run past Richard Sherman. They're they're all faster mm-hmm. than him. Yep. They weren't able to do that at first because Richard Sherman is a good bump and run corner. He can jam you at the line a little bit, and that gives the pass rush enough time to get there. That really was. That's what was going on for the first part of this game, Patrick. Uh, outside of what popular belief is. Patrick Mahomes doesn't like going down 10 points before he decides to come back. <laughs> Are you sure? Because I'm not sure if that's 100% true. Um, but, uh, yeah, good game. And uh, hopefully next year will be uh, as good because I can't, I can't watch another Rams-Patriots Super Bowl. Well, well, Rams aren't going to go back yeah, to you're Super not Bowl wrong. anytime you're not soon. Wrong. Not in that division. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and they don't have a first-round pick for, like, no. How many years? No. Like a bunch? Yeah. Too many. And it's like, I, I heard a rumor that they're trying to shop uh, um, Gurley, 
mm. and they're going to be offering teams like a second rounder to take him in his contract. And I'd take like, a second rounder. And it's like... I, I'm a Giants the, fan. I would love a backfield with Todd Gurley and Saquon Barkley. That would be pretty good, yeah. I'd just get rid of the quarterback position. Just <laughs> Wild cut offense. Draft the quarterback from Navy, run the triple option, call it a I would love to see what would happen if someone in the NFL tried doing the triple option. Well, the Dolphins try. They got nothing to lose. I mean, hey, we did the Wildcats. Yeah, I was going to say that <laughs> <laughs> they basically tried to get rid of the quarterback position. Um, Ricky Williams did his damnedest. Speaking, that's for sure. speaking of inept teams, let's uh, switch gears to the MLB um, real quickly. Did you guys see that the Mets sale fell through? Oh, trust me, I did. <laughs> Are you a Mets fan? I, I am. Oh. Yeah, the Will Pond strike again. So, I, I saw something, and it's it's the Mets offseason summed up here, right? So they fire their manager, Mickey Calloway. They hire Carlos, Carlos Beltran. Beltran. They sell the team. They then fire Carlos Beltran. They hire a new manager. And then they unsell the team. The Mets. And, I mean, so... I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with the situation as to why this didn't go through. But let's just sum it up here. Um, the Wilpons said they were getting $2.6 billion for the team. So they were saying, all right, you're going to give us $2.6 billion. We're going to keep running the team for five years. And also give Jeff Wilpon a raise because he's still going to be the COO of the of the team. Right. So Steve Cohen's like, all right, that seems like a bad idea. And then the MLB steps in and says that Cohen is the one being unreasonable. Yeah, right. He was so the Wilpons wanted to get more money. Stay in charge. Stay in charge. This is after they agreed to everything. They wanted uh -huh. they were staying in charge for five years. But that was just a whole money thing. Yeah. The reason why they were doing that was so they were paying less in taxes. Shocking that. Which the is mess. like yeah. well all right, whatever. Makes sense. Cohen was still gonna have a lot of say. Right. Um, then there was, he, um, the, uh, Wilpons wanted to keep control of SNY. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, which is like the Mets network, like which is network, yeah. turning into one of the biggest sources for M like news across all of baseball. Yeah, SNY is getting, getting S there, yeah. Andy Martino, mm -hmm. um, at SNY has been fantastic this entire off season. He's a great follow on Twitter he, too, yeah. And if... If you don't follow Andy Martino or SNY, you're missing out because he probably is up there with John Heyman and uh, Ken Rosenthal as some of the best um, beats in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. So the Wilpons wanted to keep SNY despite that not being in the original agreement because the Wilpons wanted to still keep getting money. Um. And now the MLB is frustrated with Cohen, saying that this is Cohen's fault and that he's never going to be able to buy an MLB team again. Which, Which is, he doesn't care because he only wants to buy the Mets. Right. Which I think it's so, so dumb. Like, the Wilpons have ruined so many good things over the years. I mean, they've been in charge since the 70s. You're telling me. And, and yeah, I know. Like, I, I'm friends with quite a few Mets fans, and, and you yourself know this better than everybody probably, but, like, the Mets are just so... So inept from the top down. And they have so much. They always seem to have the potential. They always seem to have, like, they have the money. They just don't ever do it. Well, and it's not fair to say that the Mets don't spend money. Right. They have the highest payroll this year in team history. Right. Let me correct myself. They don't spend it 
correct play. There, that is the problem. <laughs> the problem is they go and give Cespedes twenty-seven yep. million dollars, which they negotiated him down to six million this year, right? Yep. Because of all his stuff, all his problems, he took a big pay cut. Well, wh- why not reinvest that money? Right. Well, the Met, they weren't going to, and then finally they did. They decided to. Uh, put it into Dellen Batances, who's a real wild card here. Right, which I think is a good buy low. But I, they didn't buy him low. They gave him $10 million. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is they didn't buy him low. They, they did. You want, you want to see you know what sums up the Mets right now? What, what sums up the Wilpons? If you're not familiar with them, if you're not familiar with the Mets, there is um, this name might sound familiar to you guys. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the situation. Bobby Bonilla. Oh, yes, Bobby Vanilla. (laughs) If you do not know the whole situation with Bobby Bonilla, the Mets wanted to buy him out. They didn't want him on the team anymore. What they wanted to do, though, was defer the payment. They wanted to defer the payment so they can invest the money that they were going to buy him out with, which was like $8 million. Mm -hmm. So they took that $8 million and invested it, deferred the payments. They're now paying Bobby Bonilla every year for the next 30 years. June 1st is Bobby Bonilla Day. Yep. We talked now, about this last year. Now, yep. what do you guys think that the Mets decided to invest that money in? The Apple at center field. No. <laughs> Pernie Madoff. <laughs> like, come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, you can't write a better script than the Mets. That does not sum up the Mets and you can't sum up the Wilpons any better than that. You know why they're We're going to defer this payment. We're going to give you a lot of extra money, but it's okay because we're going to get a huge payout on our investment with Bernie Madoff. Are you sure about that? Do you know why they're called the Amazing Mets? Because they're amazing. They are a reality TV show. <laughs> oh, my God. I love the Wilpons. I mean, you go and you throw tons of money at Jason Bay, who was fantastic. He gets there. He's the worst player in the league as soon as he gets there. You let Justin Turner walk. He turns into an all-star third baseman. Um, I mean, it's... There are so many moves you can you can go after. They're, they're, like, they just don't choose to keep the right people. I mean, they, they, they literally... Okay, I won't say... They, it's 50-50. Because Matt Harvey was you know, self-destructive too. But they, yeah. they ruined what was left of him by overplaying him. I don't think that's on them. I don't know. That, that inning limit thing you look, at, you look at Edwin Diaz last year, oh that trade God. with Robinson Cano-Edwin Diaz trade. I mean, you bring in the best closer in the league from last year. He comes in, he has a 5-9 ERA. He Are was, you kidding me? He was one of the worst pitchers for hard-hit ball, too. Like, he, like he, his, num- his strikeout numbers were still there. Right. People were, he was just tipping his pitches. That, that had to be what it was because his fastball still had – Everything on it, his spin rate, everything was still the same. Um, so, all right, maybe that with him. Cano has his worst year of his career. He's Which, locked oh. in, and the it wouldn't be so bad if the Mets didn't give up Jared Kalanick. Yeah, that was I. I like when I talked about it at the time Jared Kalanick. Like he is going to be good. I didn't mind the trade. Well, now he looks like a budding superstar. Yes, and Robinson Cano. Most people with the brain could have predicted that he was going to start 
going well, down. everyone predicted he was going yeah. down. The big piece of the trade was Edwin Diaz. Right. And the reason why they only had to give up what they did for Diaz they took was because contract. Exactly. Right. But still, you don't, that doesn't mean you need to go out there and run him every game. You could utilize him as a bench bat. I mean, you Not could, with what they're paying him. The Mets won't do that. You're, you're, you're right. You're right. And you know what? He, he actually didn't hit too bad in the second half. For Cano, if as long as he hits 280, he, he's acceptable. He's a good hitter. He's starting to lose a step or two on defense. Um, how about this with them? So the Mets gave Cano a lot of like a lot of flack for not running out of ground ball. Mm-hmm. So the next game he runs out of ground ball and didn't he get hurt? Yep, yep. <laughs> out for like two so months. So on brand for the Mets. <laughs> There's just so many things you could talk about, too, with the Mets. Like, How about oh, – I saw this the other day. You'll, you guys will like this. Um, someone did a Mets madness bracket, and it's all the crazy stories that have happened to the Mets, right? <laughs> the Mets madness bracket. Um, here, Kevin Mitchell decapitates cat. <laughs> what? Here, I'm going to read – I'm going to read – I'm going to read all these to you. Kevin Plowacki dildo and locker. I knew that one, yep. 86 yep. brawl with the Houston police. Yep. Mike Piazza holds a press conference saying he's not gay. <laughs> Wilpon calls in the middle of Beltron's surgery. Mets bat out of order. Bernie Madoff. Um, Brody pitching changes from the living room. <laughs> Vince Coleman throws firecrackers. Mr. Met middle finger to fans. <laughs> Brett Saberhacken bleach the media. Harvey, drunk and heartbroken, misses a game. Team picture day, Strawberry versus Keith Hernandez. Steve Phillips, sex capades. Beltran hired his manager, or fired his manager before he manages the game. Brandon Nimmo poisons himself. He got food poisoning. <laughs> yep. He didn't know how to cook food last year. <laughs> Cespedes is trampled by a wild boar. <laughs> Matt, I forgot about that. Matt Harvey bladder infection. <laughs> Coleman injures Doc with a golf club. Um, Jason Vargas and Mickey Calloway threatened to beat up a reporter last year. Oh, man. Valentine's dugout disguise. Did you hear that? So Bobby Valentine got kicked out of a game. I did see that. And he thing. wore, like, the glasses and mustache in the dugout. Like, that stupid thing with, like, the glasses with the nose and the mustache. He wore that in the dugout as, like, a disguise. Um... Mets fire Willie Randolph at 3 a.m. Oh, boy, 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, Syndergaard hand, foot, and mouth disease. Yep, yep. Doc smokes crack and misses the parade. Um, Mets send Ryan Church on an airplane with a concussion. Um, Benia and Henderson card game during NLCS. Bobby Benia threatens to show reporter the BX. Cone masturbates in the bullpen. <laughs> Mets honor memory of players who aren't dead. Yep. yep. That was this past year. Yep. <laughs> K-Rod knocks out his father-in-law in the team family room. 2002 players snuck weed into Shea Stadium. Also, add this to the list. When Carlos Beltran got fired, they were giving Mike Piazza his induction ceremony. Yeah, they they fire they name the street Piazza Drive or whatever yep. uh, for their spring training complex, and they decide to do that the day they fire Carlos Beltran. Yep, the mess. <laughs> you can't make this up. 
Which one of those do you guys think is probably the craziest one? Oh my god, there's so many good choices. I like the decapitated the cat doll. <laughs> I, I cone masturbating in the bullpen. That's a good one too. Yeah. Cone <laughs> masturbating in the when bullpen. You, when, you, when you read off that list, I I thought you were reading off like it like that's like the stuff onion. from the onion. Yeah, like that's an onion article. That's oh my god. I mean, not like so like the World Series parade. Doc Gooden, who was the best pitcher on that team. Was addicted yep. to crack, and he missed the parade because he was high smoking crack. There's and there's a lot more too. Wasn't I mean there's stuff with Daryl Strawberry in the clubhouse too that, that like didn't get at it. Like, mm-hmm. well, oh. how about how about this with the '86 Mets, right? So that team was drugged up, nuts. They would go up into the stands two hours before the game because like people would come into the game watch like BP and stuff. They would go up into the stands, find a girl that they wanted, and bring her into the yep. dugout into like the locker room, and the whole team would just yep. Have sex with her before the game. Yep. The Mets. The '86 Mets were insane. I I just they're they're so they're so important to baseball for all the wrong reasons. Um, you want to talk about a dysfunctional organization? I don't know how I can exactly pivot, so I'm gonna just take a hard left here to the Mookie Betts trade because there's literally no other way to pivot from decapitating a cat, well, hand, foot, and mouth disease. Well, how about how about I mean, <laughs> dysfunction in a trade? They yes, trade okay. For, they trade for a prospect that they didn't who, do any research on. Really, they didn't. They didn't research it, and then he fails his medical exam, yep. and, they, and the Twins pull him. Yep. Now, I mean, now they're scrambling to get a deal done. Well, like, and not to mention there was an article that came out too, Verdugo. Was is a, uh, I think a plaintiff or something in a abuse case. He was there and watched the woman get beat up, and they didn't do any research on that either. Apparently, because now that's the red flag too. The Look, Verdugo, they'll still keep. They just want a pitching prospect. Right, and the Dodgers, the Dodgers will be able to get them something. It just matters. Well, I mean, like I think if they're gonna give anybody, I think you probably see. Um, uh, Uriah, what's his name? Julio Urias. Yeah, Urias. Like he's not good enough. He might have to be. I think he might have to be because if you, I think the Red Sox will just pull the trade. They got enough flack for the trade anyway. If Kyle Bloom and, and John Henry pull this trade, there will be a riot at, at Fenway because they want to keep Mookie. But like, if you're Mookie Betts, you've already said you wanted to stay in Boston. You just wanted to look yeah, and then they state. just traded you. Uh, why do you come back? Why do you want to come back? Well, no, they just trade him to a different team. Uh, I don't understand. It's so stupid. Trams to the Rays, and I know. <laughs> the and Rays I, made a yeah. made a trade yesterday. Yeah, bad trade. Emilio I, I Pagan, completely yeah. disagree. That was your closer this year. He was going to be Emilio Pagan was going to be the closer this year. For yeah, the Rays. I know. Bad trade. Didn't like it. I mean, they got a good uh, Manuel Margot yeah. and Kevin Kiermaier. Like that's going to be stupid defensively. You know that. Here's one thing I will say about the Rays: they're probably one of the smartest run mm-hmm. uh, front offices, and. Yeah, three. That they must. They must have a piece in place, or a deal in place for someone to close out games because they they think everything through. Yeah, they, every the, single trade they have made has been genius. They already have yeah. a guy in place. Yeah, they had. Uh, yeah, there were like two of the executives in the front office department just got hired. Like one by the yeah. Houston Astros, and then yep. one went somewhere else. This this is a heavy analytics team. They're small market. They don't spend money. And they are smart, and they find a way to stay competitive no matter what. I think the Rays are a playoff team this year again. Oh yeah, uh, they're not going to push for the division, but I think mm, they're good. I don't enough, know, man. They're good enough to beat the Yankees. They're just not good enough to win that many games. I will debate that because 
just because the Yankees kill it at the drop. The, the Rays don't play very well at home. And that's my opinion. See, but I think the Yankees the Yankees actually just struggle historically against the Rays, it feels like. I think, though, when you get into a new era right now, I, I really think, trying to be as little homer as I can, I think mm-hmm. the Yankees are the favorite. If, if they're not the favorite for the World Series, they're the favorite in the AL. Well, no, and that's what I'm saying. I Look, I don't think the Rays can win the division. I don't. The Yankees are clear-cut favorites. I'm just saying I think the Rays have good enough pitching to maybe beat them. We'll see. It's I not out of the question. I I don't like getting rid of Tommy Pham for the Rays. I think that was a that terrible, was a mistake. Yeah, but I mean, look, Hunter Renfro's not bad. Again, this is for them. This was basically about the money that they're going to have to pay Pham and the production they felt like they were getting out of him. It's they were going to get similar production, better defense um, with Renfro, and I think they got another piece back in that trade as well. I can't remember because it was a couple. It was a couple months ago. Yeah, but, but I think I know yeah. they. I, I know it wasn't a clear, a clean swap because those players are not equal. But again, you really have to trust the Rays based off of things they've done in the past, right? And Kevin Cash is one of the smartest guys in baseball. I, very right good manager. Yeah. Um, I think losing Fam is going to hurt them <laughs> offensively. I'm curious to see how the lineup does, and I think Travis Darno was a huge piece for them last year. He's not there again. I think you can replace that. Um, I agree, but he was one of those guys who stepped yeah. up for them. So you got to find catch, a way. Who's catching game? Who's catching for them now? Right. Well, I think it's Zimo or whatever. Oh, Zanino. They or just Zanino. traded like for him, and that's the thing. So they traded for that guy from Seattle. I like Zanino. I, yeah, I do too. He's, I thought he was solid. I look Travis Darno with the Mets <laughs> was horrible. Leaves the Mets and he's yep. good. He's the leadoff hitter. He's like player of the week. Yeah, it's, life's a Mets fan. Um, I think, uh, and going back to the closer real quickly, honestly, I've seen some things bounding about that Brent Honeywell might sneak into the closer role at some point this year. He obviously projects to be top of the rotation, somewhere probably behind Blake Snell. But if, I mean, you've got Brent Honeywell, if you can ease him to a closer spot, I think you definitely give that a shot. And that might be what they're doing. Plus, Pagan, as good as he was, he doesn't stay on teams that long. Like, there's what um, what happened to Alvarado? Um... I is wa- he still with the team? I or? don't think so. I wa- I haven't been following. I want to say he's on the White Sox now. I was going to say I'm pretty sure you're right because I, I knew to, I think he went to one of the Chicago teams. He's definitely not uh, on the Cubs. But yeah, um, I know uh, Aguilar got picked up on waivers by somebody. Aguilar's in the Marlins, I believe. Yeah. Um, not to mention, like, just quickly going through the rumors that have been going on too, because we touched on the Betts trade. Obviously, Chicago shopping Chris Bryant. Interesting to see what happens there. And the Rockies with Nolan Arenado should be interesting as well. Um, um, and also, one more thing to touch on before we get out of baseball, the Hall of Fame class, Derek Jeter and Larry Walker. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think Jeter should have been unanimous. Yeah. It is so what it is. Alvarado is still on the race. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, he's an option too. He's he was the closer before he just was hurt. Right. So. Uh, anything else or all right? Well, um, a little bit of a shorter show this week, but we'll be back next week, and we have a lot of hockey talk, especially coming to the deadline. So we'll have a lot more on that next week, kind of saving that all for one push, though. So um, thanks again, Ben, for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Keep it locked.